This is CliffCentral.com. Good afternoon. The time is four minutes past three. My name is Rosie Mutene, a.k.a. the Afro-Yiddish Princess. Welcome to my show called Pan-African Connect, where we connect with people from across the continent, whether it's food, travel, entertainment, uh, tradition, culture, anything that is beautiful and powerful that is happening on the African continent, we're going to talk about it. And today we're focusing on African women in film. But before we get into that, of course, if you want to give us a call um, or, 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 or tweet us, we're, we're on Twitter under cliffcentral.com or, of course, PrincessRTM, which is my Twitter handle. But first, before we get into our interview, we got to listen to this. This is cliffcentral.com. Welcome back to the show. The time is seven minutes past three. If you want to call in, the number is 0861-555-189, otherwise on Twitter, at CliffCentral.com, or of course, Princess RTM. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about African women in film. And in studio, I have my good friend, Abina Ayubo. Hello, Rosie. How are you, my Hello. darling? I'm good. How are you? For those listeners out there, if you don't, if you want to remember, way back in the day when Abina and I were both in Generations and she played with Larato, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I hate it when people talk about the generations past, <laughs> but I mean that's that's where it all began for most of us. But what have, what have you been doing up up um up until now since then? Because people seem to think if you're not in generations, yeah, you don't have a yes. career. <laughs> My usual response to that is change the channel. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I still did um a lot more um soap. I did a bit of um Isidinko for a while. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of decided I wanted to keep it more um on the international film level. I just want to. Be able to do a lot of different things yeah. and not be stuck in one place. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's been, um, quite a How, few but movies. Th- you know, but that's, that's, it's such a powerful statement that you made because a lot of people think, well, you know, I've got this job. I'm hating my career. I hate what, 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 where, where, what the job, what I'm doing in the job, but yeah. I better be, just stay in it because, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a steady income coming in. You know, I mean, what, 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 what advice would you say to, to young actresses out there who know that? I mean, we realized at the point when it was our time was up in generations, it was like we did what we needed to do, but the passion wasn't there anymore. Yes. I think people get into it for different reasons yeah you know mm. um some people want more security some people like being famous yeah. it's a matter of you figuring out what it is you're there for yeah. and i realized i wanted to do different things yeah i want to act i've always wanted to act it's still my first love and that's what i'm always chasing yeah but we know this industry is crazy yeah you need to do different things if you want to survive mm. and you just need to find what you can do yeah so for the most part it's been voiceovers i've been doing voiceovers for over 10 years and that is essentially my bread and butter yeah um i've recently started writing mm-hmm which is the scariest thing <laughs> I have ever done in my life. It will show you who you are. It will reveal your issues to you that you didn't even know you had. And especially the ones that you knew that you did have. And you had yes, to face them. and it's all laid out in front of you and you can't deny who you are. It's yeah. amazing mm. in that way. So that's um, something. You what what, what pushed with. you into that, into, into writing? It was just I needed a change. Yeah. Turning 40 will light a fire under your bum like nothing else. Let's put it that way. That's exactly what happened. I turned 40 and I was like, what have you done? Mm. What do you have? What do you own? If you want to change things, now's the time. And in the last year... I feel like I've done more than I have in the last 10 years. Oh, wow. Mm. That's incredible. And then the first, the first bit of writing that you did, mm-hmm. because it's incredibly daunting, as you said. And, and 
as it is, uh, artists and actors and performers, we're incredibly critical of ourselves. Very, and, very. And, you know, people think, well, we're extroverts and we can handle anything. In fact, we're the most, I think, we're emotional creatures and we're we the worst. We are the most insecure people You know in what the I'm world. saying? Yes. So, so what was, what was your first attempt and what were the challenges that, that you went, besides the loneliness? My first attempt was to now get into the NFEF female filmmakers program, right. which was exactly a year ago. Yeah. Um, I was sitting in my bed and had to write this proposal mm. to make a film. Yeah. And before you go on, for, for our listeners out there who don't know what NFEF is, it's the National Film and Video Foundation. And it's basically, it's a great instrumental and in, in, in a great institution in terms of the film and TV industry, in terms of you can get um, funding, you can get training. They, they put a lot of money into our films, put a lot of money into our television and so forth. So with, this is one of the tiers that they put out. Yes. So I needed to apply. I was like, this is what I need. It's, you know, um, it's writing workshops. It's directing workshops. You get to make a film. Mm. Um, I sat there and I was like, what are you going to make a film about? <laughs> I've never actually had to interrogate myself and figure out what was important to me. Really. Yeah. You know, as an actor, it's always somebody else's vision. And sometimes people don't think you're smart enough. And I think sometimes you start thinking you don't have a voice of yeah. your own. So yeah. I had to really think about what kind of story I wanted to tell. Mm. What made it easier was that at the time the xenophobic attacks were happening. Right. And as a child of mixed African heritage, my, my mother's half Zambian, half South African, my father's Ghanaian, I wouldn't exist if love didn't occur across boundaries. Yeah. So it's very important to me. I love all Africans. I'm all for Kwame Nkrumah's vision, one Africa, mm. you know, one currency, all of that. I am that child. Yeah. So I was like, tell a story from what you know. Yeah. To speak it from the heart. Speak it from the heart. I was um, raised as a Guinean child who grew up in the former trans guy. Mm. So that was where I took it from. So my story was a young Guinean girl born and raised in South Africa who falls in love with a Zulu boy mm. from the wrong sides of the tracks. In <laughs> essence, Romeo and Juliet. Right. In um, a modern context. Yeah. So I wrote the proposal, sent it through and got in and did some workshops. And as we're doing the workshops, I was like, I just felt like I belonged in that room, yeah. you know, and I was just like... No. The workshops, let's break that down. The first workshop that you did, I mean, mm -hmm. was it obviously introduction? Did they, did they give you a breakdown of actually script writing or was it... Yes, it was intensive. It was maybe like two weekends. So it was like four days. Wow. Um, four or five days of intensive script writing, like all the... All the tricks, all the different points you need, what you basically need in order to get to write a script, right. you know. Um, but I mean, it's not easy to teach someone how to write. Mm. They give you the pointers and it's for you to figure out what you're doing. You mm. know, like some people found the writing workshops easier. Some people found the directing easier. It's, it was just a matter of finding where you fit in. Yeah. But um, I, it made me remember who I was. My father taught African literature my whole r life. Mm. He writes it. I just discovered that... It was in me. Mm. And I think I was just too scared because I had quite a few friends who are in the industry, really brilliant writers in the industry. Yeah. And I wanted to measure up, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and that gave me the confidence to do yeah. that. So um, after writing my script, I was like, this ain't bad for a first attempt. <laughs> yeah. you know? And how, um, how long was the script? I mean, I was, was um, there a parameter? Did you? Well, we knew the movies had to be about 24, 25 minutes. Okay. So my script was actually too long. It came in at 30 pages. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had to cut it down, which made it harder in edit, having mm -hmm. to cut it down to 24. Um, but I mean, like it was a full on learning process. Nothing went according to plan on at any point of it. <laughs> at any point. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> just, I, I guess it's just general movie making stuff. Yeah. You know what you think the initial vision you have is not going to be the end product. I don't yeah. think it is for any filmmaker. Um, 
And that was something I've had to learn as I go. But I've learned so much. A year later, I am writing for TV and I'm planning my next film, you oh, know? Wow. So it's it's amazing to think how much can actually happen in yeah. such a short space of time. And if you put the work in... But also you if you're passionate and you put your head around it, mm-hmm. you know, you can basically do anything that you want to. Definitely. And also it's also coming at a, at a time... Um, where you were more confident to take that step. So although you walked in and you were petrified and, and you, you're going to face your fears, you wouldn't have been able to succeed to the level that you did five years ago. I completely agree. You know? I completely agree with that. The timing was right. I knew why I was there. Mm. I, um, I needed it. Yeah. And I worked very hard. Yeah. And I don't know if I would have done the same if it had just been something that had been easily passed yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you did the, the 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 writer's workshop. What else did you do through through NFF within that process? Um, and then we had um, a, um, like a director's workshop, um, basically like trying to help us because um, we still had a pitch. Like once you wrote your script, there was no guarantee you were going to direct. Oh a wow! Movie. Oh wow! Yes. So now you still had to pitch. <laughs> to direct your movie. So they're taking you through the, yes. the all the stages of filmmaking. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness. Okay. So yeah. And and who were you pitching to? Was it just NFEF or um, yeah, basically, industry players? Yeah, yeah. It was mm. NF, it was NFEF and then um Blingola who was the company that was handling the mm-hmm. slate. Right. And um yeah, so those were the people we were we were pitching to and they were assessing our work as we went along. Yeah. From beginning to end. Yeah. So but now directing, have you had you directed before? I had n- I had directed a thirty second ad about Ten years ago, <laughs> if you can call that directing, yeah, you know, I so think you're honest. it was night and day. Yeah. Um, but weirdly enough, as as crazy as it was, and there's so many more balls in the air with directing, the writing process was still more frightening for me. Wow, <laughs> yeah, but but the thing is, it's putting that that pen yeah. to paper, and it, and you got to start telling the story. Yes, you know, um, I think the directing was easier for me because I know how. I'm a people person. Yeah. So if I know, if I, if I get you and you get me, we're going to meet in the middle and everything's yeah. going to be fine. Yeah. So I essentially told my, all my HODs what I wanted and I mm. trusted them to interpret it. I wasn't micromanaging and, you know, I kind of gave them the space to do what they wanted to do. Yeah. And even though things don't turn out as planned, as I said, um, everyone, I definitely felt a hundred percent from everybody. Yeah. You know? So so that made a big big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so you you did your pitch and then were 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 there second and third stages that you had to go back or did you just have to pitch once? Um for for the directing. Yes. You no, know, it was one pitch and yeah. you wait and you had to wait to hear if yeah. you got to direct your movie and everyone wanted to direct their own movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I was very happy that I could. And and so if you if they thought that you weren't strong enough to direct it, were they were just gonna bring in another filmmaker to Yeah, then another okay. director would step in to bring that um your tell that to story. Life. Okay. Yes. Okay, great. And then the process was was finding the cast. <sighs> <laughs> you know about this, I right? Because I tried. Yeah, I know. I so wanted and especially it. because it's such a such a beautiful story and you're looking for non South Africans. Yes, I know? wanted it to be authentic. I really wanted to have Ghanaians yeah. acting as Ghanaians. Yeah. And that didn't happen. But um I was like, okay, move on to the next. Now yeah. it just needs to be Find actors who can pull it off, yeah. you know? So when it came to crunch time, I picked up the phone and called our good old friend, Akino Matosho. <laughs> and I was like, My, you need to help me out. And yeah. he was there. He yeah. was there. It was like happening the next week and yeah. he came and helped me out. Yeah. So that was great. So he definitely put a lot of grounding to it. Mm-hmm. And then um, with regard to my lead character, I realized in essence, she didn't have to be 
Ghanaian, Ghanaian. Yeah. You know, she was born and bred because I kind of based on my little sister. Mm-hmm. So she's born here. She speaks fluent Kosa. She's a South African girl. Yeah. But she, you can see she comes from somewhere else. Yeah. So I was like, as long as, um, Senna looks the part, mm. she is South African. Yeah. So it's fine. Yeah. So I ended up casting a beautiful Zulu actress called Zetu Lomo and she delivered oh, beautifully. But Zetu is an amazing actress. She's amazing. She's, yeah. She's and definitely a future SAFTA winner. And Dumon Charlie as my male lead, who else could I have wanted? Yeah, yeah. And they were beautiful together. In fact, they, they elevated my script. Yeah. That's all I can say. I was like, wow, I didn't even mean it like that when I wrote it. And look what they did. <laughs> like, you know, watching actors now do their job yeah. was beautiful to watch. Wow. I have everything turned out in terms of my cast. Everything turned yeah. out the way it was supposed to. Yeah. And I found an amazing Nigerian actress to play the mother. She hadn't acted in over 20 years. Yeah. And she was amazing. Yeah. She was amazing. So and I'm you, and you shot it over what, five days? Yes. Yeah. And how do you feel now? When is it going to be aired? Um, all that. We're still in post-production, okay. so nothing yeah. is um, set yet. But I'm hoping to send it to as many festivals as yeah. possible as well. And just get my name out there as a director. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Well, I want to talk to you about, about the type of stories that you do want to... Want to um, be involved in what stories yeah. you want to want to 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 tell, but I want to introduce Mabatu Kao. How are you, Hi, darling? Everyone. you. Very good. Hi, Thank Mabatu. you so much for joining. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Now you've been in the industry also just for what is it over ten, fifteen years now? Yeah. Um. The other day I got scared when I realized it was about eighteen. Wow. Yeah. We yeah. all got a while. Yeah. We're getting old. Yeah, we're getting <laughs> <laughs> but we all look good. It's okay. So good it hurts. <laughs> but um you you're more on the side, I mean, of you've worked for SABC, you uh top T V, so you're more on the, the production side and stuff. Tell us tell us what your your your, your history is. Well, um m- my history is quite vast, but I've I've worked a little bit in production and broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And I've also kind of dabbled in producing my own content for SABC. Yeah. I've worked uh, as a broadcaster, like you said, uh, top TV, managing channels. But then I also really love the side of storytelling. So mm-hmm. I've worked as, um, uh, what do you call it, a script editor. Oh, wow. Yeah, as well. Um, what I love and about how, that. How difficult is it between script writing and script editing? Which is Which is the more... I mean, for, for, for our listeners who don't know, it's basically a script editor who then goes into what, a personal writer's script, go into the script and then just break it down and, and I suppose create more, more of a story around that. Yeah. Um, that's a really great question, especially in the context of this mm. slate, because I worked as a script editor yeah. on the, on these projects. Oh, wow. But at the same time, because, um, the production house, had the space for one other story I then had to move my hat to being a writer oh wow so I had like being a script editor is a totally different space you Mm. literally take somebody's baby and you help them kind of bring it to life Mm. you ask them the hard questions you ask them to to look at themselves why are they telling the story what's so important why should people care you you know you delve deep into Senna you know Um, but at the same time as a script writer you then also take on being these characters and constantly they're speaking to you in your head and you're mm. like telling them to shut up and <laughs> they can't shut up. And yeah. So being a script editor and a writer, um, 
two very different spaces, but two very special places in my heart. Yeah, yeah. And and your history. I mean, have you have you have you studied in terms of that, or is it just something that that you've picked up along with your experience in the industry? I I studied. I mean, I initially studied a Bachelor of Journalism and Media Studies at Rhodes. Okay. And then because I also love the business side, I went to do a Master's in Media Management. Mm-hmm. But in terms of specifically the world of story and writing, yeah. I um, I guess I kind of honed my craft through the SABC because they had uh, a program called Sidiba mm-hmm. where they were working with the NFVF to kind of upskill writers in right. the industry. So from there, I started to get a better understanding of the process of writing yeah. and the craft of writing and editing mm-hmm. uh, scripts specifically. Yeah. Beautiful. Let's talk about your story. What was your story about? Um, my story is about a young girl who faces a point in her life where she could sacrifice her soul in order to satisfy a boy. Mm. So specifically, it's in Kamukhaleng, um, the night of her matric farewell. She's finally asked on a date to the matric farewell by this boy that she's always liked. Mm. But of course, her insecurities as a young girl, a young black girl kind of kick in. Mm. So she starts to think she's not good enough. She's ugly. She's too dark. She's not skinny enough for him. So she transforms herself in order to please him. Mm. What happens thereafter? She goes down a very dark hole, but you'll have to see the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds intriguing enough. Yeah. And, and who's, who's, who with the cast? Who, who did you opt Um, Dinawa Lusanga and a girl called Kanye who kind of acts as her her um her best friend yeah but the male antagonist other people were like don't make him an antagonist mm. boys also suffer yeah um is a young boy called given actually who i worked with when i was producing chacha okay and he's grown now yeah. so yeah yeah they brought some very special things to those characters mm. as well i mean there were times where we were sitting and then i'd have written things in the script like no boo and they were like no <laughs> not cool. We don't talk like that. Yeah. So they brought a lot of yeah. that to the script. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the currency. Mm. Yeah. And what, I mean, what are both of you, I mean, in terms of, I mean, Abby, you've touched on it, but what were your, your major challenges in, in throughout the whole filmmaking process on this, on this specific project? Well, I guess, um, it's a lot of collaboration. You know, mm. you're not always going to get what you want and having to, you have such a clear vision of what it is you want to do. You see the scenes in your head, mm. you know? So when something goes wrong and that scene isn't going to play out the way you want as a director, it can sometimes be very hard to let yeah. go. So I guess it was learning to just breathe yeah. Yeah. and not holding on to everything so tight. Yeah. And just trying to trust that no matter what happened, the end result will be fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. trusting that process. Totally. Yeah, and then just also seeing the transformation from script to production for mm. me was like wow you know what you have in mind mm. and what eventually comes out two different things but two special things as well you yeah. kind of like okay fine i didn't have a school full of kids but i got to tell the story yeah you know? <laughs> so you made your compromise there. yeah okay we're going to take a quick break and then after that let's talk about about the state of african film that's the end and and the role of women in the industry but after this Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. Welcome back to the show. The time is 28 minutes past three. If you want to call us, it's 0861-555-189. And today we're talking about African women in, in film. In studio, I have Mabatukau and who's a 
when working in the industry for almost two decades, behind the scenes as a writer, producer, uh, broadcaster, you name it. And of course, Abina Ayivo, who's, as you well know, uh, actress who's moved into, into writing and also directed her first piece last year. Mabato, let's talk about the slate that, that the NVF put out um, and, and, and the involvement of, of Blingola Productions. Um, essentially, um, Blingola worked together with the NVF mm-hmm. to create the slate um, in as, as part of a, a vision to kind of give women a, a chance, an opportunity in the film industry. We know yeah. that it's a very patriarchal industry, yeah. very... Um, male driven as well. So essentially, Blingola, uh, kind of decided, you know how short films globally actually mm. help open doors for people. So yeah. they thought, okay, let's create a slate of films or, or an opportunity for women writers and directors to do their own product, which they can actually sell mm-hmm. and kind of sell themselves with. So that's, that was the vision behind the slate really. And yeah. I, and I guess it goes to your whole thing around, uh, talking about women in film yeah. on the continent. Yeah. You know? But what what is the state? I mean, you know, we, we talk about the that it's very very patriarchal. Um, what are the major challenges that we're facing as women filmmakers? Whether it's the writing, directing, producing. Well, I speak <laughs> for myself, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's f- first of all, there's just this very bizarre idea that women only belong in certain roles yeah. in the value chain in the film industry. Yeah. So, for example, I've seen that if if a woman wants to be a, um I'll choose an easy one, like a DOP, a director of photography. Yeah. It's often seen as, well, that's a boy's job. You yeah. can't do that because it requires caring. It requires being strong. And a lot of the time, women are, are relegated to being in the office, mm. you know, and, yeah. and that's... Or wardrobe mistress. Or wardrobe mistress, <laughs> yeah. you know, even those names, like yeah. wardrobe mistress is just like, it's it's ridiculous. So I think we still have a long way to go as women in the industry in general. Mm. I mean, we've seen it even in Hollywood, they're facing the same problems, but more specifically, even as black women, yeah. I think yeah. the journey is much harder. We've got a much further, um, we've got a much higher hill to climb. Yeah. Because I think the idea that we're not... Capable. Mm. We're not creative enough. We're still training, perpetually being trained. Yeah. You know, um, or, or you have to shadow or you have to be looked over, exactly. you know, and there's so many instances where young production companies are going in, they're given huge amounts of, of, of funding. And then sometimes the projects don't even come to fruition, but it's like, oh, well, it was a learning curve for them. Exactly. You know, but when it happens to a woman, it was like, well, you should have shadowed or mm. maybe you weren't ready to happen. Maybe you weren't ready. Yeah. 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 That would happen. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we've heard that. But I mean, how, how are we going to break that? I mean, I, I, I preach and, and I will always raise their flag high and, and the work that the NFEF do is just simply amazing, you know, and the fact that it's headed up by a woman, but how are we going to change that attitude in terms of other financial institutions and, and bodies? And also just the perception out there. Sure. That's, that's such a, mm. <laughs> I think it's possible. I've got this theory that if something oppresses you, mm. tell it to step out the way because you're on a mission. Yeah. So we must stop seeking approval from anything that stops our game. So, so we need to actually just start getting together as women, as collectives, as creatives, and and try to actually just push down those barriers and mm. just say, you know, mm, mm. I am actually going to go ahead and do this. Yeah. I don't care about what you think of me. Yeah. You know, um, one thing I also find very strange, sorry, just to add, no, no, is please do. the types of stories that get told about yeah. women. Yeah. We're either always breaking up, we're, 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 we're damsels in distress. Yeah. And if you're a strong woman in terms of if you create a strong female character, it's like, oh, she's too bossy. Yeah. No, she's too opinionated. Yeah. 
That has to stop. Mm. But also, it's also that stereotype that, well, if you're powerful, you have to be wearing a power dress. You have to be dressed totally. almost like a man. And a woman walking in in a feminine dress just has as much power as somebody carrying a briefcase. Exactly. You know, and it's changing those type of perceptions. But the, in terms of the stories that are being told, has there been a shift, to have, in your opinion, um, of, of the representation of women and then also, of course, the representation of black women on screens, t- TV? Slowly but surely. Um, like I'm, I'm writing on, on Umlilo now, I told yeah, you. And yeah. one thing that um, someone mentioned was that um, just talking to an ordinary viewer, they had said that they had felt this was actually the first, um, one of the characters was the first femme fatale wow. that we'd actually really had mm. on, on, on a drama series. Yeah. And I was like, really? Um, you know, like a woman going after what she wanted mm. in that sort of way, you know? Yeah. And I thought that was very interesting. Um, that we hadn't noticed it, or was it, or at the same time, is it something that should be flagged as important? Mm. Um, you mm, know, mm. but those are things that if people are questioning, then we should be responding yeah, to. Yeah, and reacting know? to and that. And reacting yeah. to. Mm. So, um, I mean, like in terms of the slate, because everything was from a woman's perspective, yeah. even when you had to, um, in terms of um, the, the uh, sending in your proposals, yeah. the story had to be from a woman's perspective. Right. So there were 10 strong stories mm. told from a, in a woman's voice, yeah. which is a great start, yeah, <laughs> if yeah. anything. Yeah. You know? But I, I like what you mentioned before, and, and it was one of the issues that I had on a production that I was working on, and I inevitably resigned from the production because one of the things that they wrote about the character was that, okay, she's a sexy, powerful woman. Mm. So for me, I read sexy, powerful is that she gets what she wants, but she still looks gorgeous. Mm. And in their perception was that, no, well, you need to be half naked. You need to be doing sex scenes, that type of thing. Mm. And I was like, in this day and age, are we really still having this argument? Mm. You know, and, and, and ironically, and very, very sad, it, it, the, 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 the head writer was a female, a black female. And, how are we, I mean, what, how are we going to start changing those perceptions? Because their, their argument was that, well, the audience want this. But at the end of the day, we dictate to the audience and, and they fall into a trend because for, for, for so many years, that's the, I mean, that's what, that's what the entertainment industry is about. You know, how do we move towards women believing in, in, in standing up and, 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 and not really taking to that, but also the perception that's going out, out about our bodies and, and who we are? I think, uh, you know, I get so riled up, mm. but um, I think we, we <laughs> get just, riled up. We're allowed to on the show. <laughs> we just need to be brave enough and to actually, uh, write, uh, like for example, Empire mm. wouldn't have happened if people had said, if, if people had stuck to the idea that black stories don't sell. Yeah. Right. If people yeah. had stuck to the idea that black leads don't sell, things like uh, being Mary Jane mm. wouldn't have been as successful as they are. Yeah. Fantasy on TV does not work. Mm. Game of Thrones happened. For goodness sake, give yourselves the chance to be brave enough. Have the, excuse my French, have the balls to actually give characters and, um, characterization a different face and yeah. a different interpretation. Yeah. You know, to stick to the same old thing is ridiculous. This whole idea that audiences want what they want, mm. I get, I get it from a business perspective because you don't want to take the risk to alienate your, you know, your audience and yeah. therefore uh, jeopardize your bottom line. But as well, audiences love seeing something fresh and something new. Yeah. Trying to <laughs> innovate. <laughs> Thank you. Because, but, because also it's, 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 um, you know, it's, it's, you gotta believe in, and, and what it was what you were saying about your writing is that you gotta believe in what you put into the table. You know, and, and, and if you're not gonna believe, then you're not gonna push and you're gonna fall back into that thing. Well, the audience aren't gonna like it, so you have to follow that suit is, you know, 
Um, but well, I mean, what, what, what are the other things? What are the stories that we need to tell um, about ourselves coming from, let's talk from the South African, uh, South African woman perspective. I'd love to see a 56 year old woman living, let's say in Soweto or mm. Fentersdorp, who is in love with her man and is a sexual, mm. liberated, beautiful mother of five. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a woman who is, who has, who was kind of like, you know, grown into her own and she's a mother. She's not the mama yeah. figure. You know yeah. what I mean? I always say I would love to see Letty's mom on generations. I mean, on Isidingo, get it on with yeah. Zeb. Yeah. <laughs> I always yeah. wanted to see that. Yeah. But see, that, that also goes back to that typical stereotype. Well, um, if it's going to be an elderly black woman, she must be sitting in a taxi. She must be always singing or she's always eating. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> and a man's probably cheating on her because she's over the hill. Yeah, you know, and, and well, that's allowed because, you know, well, this whole thing with the side chick is allowed. So, it's, you know what I mean? It's, mm. all of, it's all of these different things. So we need to, we need to change that perception. What, what, what type of stories would you like to see, Abina? Gosh, I mean, like for me, um, the way I've seen myself as the director, I want to be, is I mm. want to, I want to do all Africa stories. Like yeah. I said, I'm a child of all of Africa. So I want, it would definitely be in relation to South Africa because this is my home. This is mm. where I've grown up. So, like my, the next film I'd like to tell would definitely have something to do with Zambia, a Zambian yeah. South African story. That's where mm. I was born. I spent a lot of time there. They are amazing stories. I've met amazing performers, mm. directors, producers in Zambia, and I'd love to do some sort of collaboration. Yeah. Anything to push the we are one vibe. That's where my yeah. head's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what were the languages of, could, could it for, for the NFVF slate? Was it any language across the board? Essentially, yeah, there was no restriction in terms of language. Uh, what came from the writers came from them. Like there was no mm. sense that said, no, it's got to be a certain language. Yeah, because you, you know? see, when uh, what well, the reason why I asked that was that I noticed um, with the, with the national broadcaster because it's broken up on the different channels, these specific languages, and although that is incredibly important. But when we were casting for various films, we found really, really strong actors, actors and actresses for certain roles. But then they, we couldn't give them the roles because of the language issue, because of that barrier. You know, do you see South Africa changing over, over time and, and allowing that to, to be a little bit lax? I mean, I think it's very, very important to keep the vernacular aspect, but to, to limit it to per channel. Um, what is your take on that? I can understand that. Okay. So they, but I just don't think does that whole thing of this people watching certain channels still apply? I think that's pretty outdated, and they yeah. need to just change that. People watch the shows they want to watch, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it isn't necessarily the show that's in your language. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. sometimes the actor that you follow, mm. or just a beautiful story that grabs yeah. you. Exactly. Yeah, and especially if it's shot beautifully. Yes, and you want to you want to listen to the story. Yeah. yeah. So I just think, yes, go with the story and. It shouldn't matter what language it's in. I mm. think it's important that if, I mean, if there's a certain language that needs to be spoken, get someone who speaks it properly because it's important for to have that sort of integrity yeah. towards mm. our languages. Yeah. But it shouldn't. Then authenticity yes, is very, very important. But yeah. it shouldn't be a stumbling block almost, mm. you yeah. know, to the creativity, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, totally yeah. agree yeah. with that. Yeah, I think we should. I mean, as it is, we speak in so many different languages mm. when we're chilling, when we're drinking, when we're. You know, in yeah. studios. And, and the thing yeah. is that for me is so beautiful because that represents a true South African, um, and, and rather to South African society. And it's something that I overlooked. And I was actually sitting with, with my friend Gaetano from Uganda. And he said to me, he goes, but every time this one speaks, it sounds different to this one. And I'm like, yeah, well, they speak different languages, you yeah. know? And he was like, but how does that happen? How do you understand? Like we get by. 
Mm. You know, you, do, you pick a word here and there and you put it all together. But yes, you sit in a group with people speaking five different languages and everyone knows what everyone yeah. says. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the beauty of our country. That's more authentic, I yeah. think, mm. than yeah. trying to make. Although I've seen sometimes it's really weird to have people speaking two different languages mm. on screen. Yeah. And yet they're talking to each other. <laughs> it's just really weird. Yeah. I, I find that weird. I don't know how we can. Fix that, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, that, that, I think that's 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 one of our least problems in terms of in terms of what's happening. And I mean, it's happening all around the world in terms of funding and 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 governments not having enough funding and and budgets being cut. And it's always our 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 portion that's always taken mm. away. We aren't important. Yeah, we don't you know, make the world go around. Yeah, we're a hobby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How how are we going? How are we getting our stories out? And how are we going to? Um, because people say, well, I didn't get the, the 20 million funding. And, and the argument for that is that, well, then just do a guerrilla sale. You know, um, if you want to tell your story, tell your story. Tell your story. No, definitely. There yeah. is no hustler like, like an artist. Yeah. I think because you, we wouldn't do this if you weren't passionate. We yeah. wouldn't, you know. Nothing's going to make you get out of bed at 3 a.m. to catch that first <laughs> shot before sunrise yeah. if you weren't passionate yeah. about yeah. it. And this last weekend proved that to me. Yeah. Uh, my friend said, brilliant director, Zamom Kwanazi, mm. said, I need to make this film. I need to make this film right now. I have no money. My friends help me. Yeah. We said, where do you need us to be and what time? Yeah. We shot a movie, six people, last weekend yeah. in mm. KZN. So you, you drove from here to KZN. We drove where, where did you guys stay though? Um, we stayed in, um, in Port Edward and all help, all help from all friends in the interview. Robbie Thorpe's house mm-hmm. helped us out. <laughs> Beautiful house, by the way, Robbie. Um, and it was just six friends, yeah. you know, and we had, I mean, everyone was getting promoted during the day. No, 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 but now, now you ate your D. Just do this one more thing. Yeah, you know, I think yeah. I was lead actress. I was makeup. I was stunts. I was yeah. unit. I mean, we we're carrying stuff across the rocks. We had a piece of board with a skateboard, which was our, our track at some point to get <laughs> that true, shot. True, it true, true. And I've never done anything like that before. It's yeah. always been everything perfectly set out and like, mm, can someone bring me a cup of tea? And I was like, this is movie making. Yeah. This is what it's all about. I've never been so enthralled in my life. It was, we didn't sleep. We couldn't sleep because mm. you had four different positions. So, yeah. you, so if you got two hours sleep a night, it was, oh, excuse me. Yeah. It was a miracle. But, yeah. um, wow, I've never felt so alive. Mm. Never felt so alive. Yeah. And, and where, where, what, what is the name of the film? It's called, um, Omnyama. Mm-hmm. It's, um, inspired by Zanele Muholi's, um, photo series called Somnyama oh, cool. Gomnyama. It's oh, wow. amazing. Yeah. So um to an extent it's a lesbian love story, mm-hmm. but it's so much more than that. Yeah. Um very art house, no dialogue. And oh, the wow. images I can't believe what we did. Yeah. And Zamo is a genius to even have conceptualized. Yeah. Oh, and thank amazing. you for to Zanele for the inspiration because yeah. those pictures you can stare at them for hours. Yeah, yeah. They are amazing. Well, I think we need to let's let's pan some more. So, what does she need help with? This is uh, a post production is always the biggest. We need to finish this film. <laughs> we yeah. need to finish this film. Every, we need everyone needs to see this movie. I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of everyone that worked on it. Yeah. And wow, like all I can say is wow. Yeah, she's yes. a great director. Yeah, she's got a great vision. Mm. Yeah. And she's also, you know, what I, I think the directors that tell the most amazing stories, and you touched on it, is that if you can relate to 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 people, 
and and this sounds this sounds weird, but there are a lot of people that that don't know how to speak to people or understand feelings or understand people's emotions. Um, what is your take on 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 the different types of directors and the ones that actually do succeed? I totally agree that um, the best directors for me are the ones who can tap into. Um, a character's essence, mm. you know, because that's what people recognize. Yes, the pictures could be beautiful, but if the character doesn't kind of hook or, or, or if people don't recognize a piece of themselves in that character, then I don't think the director's necessarily done their job. So yeah. I am a whole lot more in favor of directors who perform, uh, who direct performance. Yeah. The DOP will figure out the lights. The, the, the gaffer will do what he needs to do mm. or she needs to do. But I think, uh, if a director can really get to, uh, get a, a performer yeah. to bring out the essence in, in, in their character, then yeah. I think that's beautiful. And, I kind of tried to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. <laughs> it was our first time we allowed. Yeah. No, of course. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> but, but I mean, so, uh, carry on, carry on. So I just want to go back to this whole thing around guerrilla filmmaking and mm. funding. Mm. I'm, uh, as, as great as it is to, to be guerrilla filmmakers and be like, Oh man, we did it. Mm. I really think it's kind of a travesty and really sad that, um, some of the funding bodies in, in, in this country mm. don't have faith in the film industry. Yeah. And without sounding like I'm complaining again, even though I am, is that trust this art. It is a mm. phenomenal art. Invest in it because there are great returns. Um, I was talking to somebody one time that if a country doesn't know itself yeah. and doesn't understand its essence, then it's definitely at the brink of some collapse. Yeah. And through the arts, people can understand themselves. And if people invest in film and, and, and break down the barriers to mm. getting that funding, we can create some amazing work that can sell this country, that can reflect this country, that can heal this country, mm. Mm. you know? And and uh, I mean I agree with you wholeheartedly in what you're saying and and I believe in in co-productions of other regions because it it just it, it strengthens our relations and 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 so forth. But also I'm still part of the school that important stories and 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 events South Africans should be able to be at the forefront of that for sure. You know and and over the years people have said you know like Madiba it's always an international person playing the role and yes it was it just did a fantastic job and he's gorgeous to look at and so forth <laughs> but i just think that you know we we have phenomenal actors within our region and and the government need to Trust. believe yeah. yeah yeah for sure you know how how i mean what do we what do we need to do i mean there there aren't enough acting schools out there but how do we how do we get that message across for for artists just to stand up and say actually no we're not going to be in that film if because it, it's supposed to be sixty percent um international sixty percent South African but they're getting around loophole so you know the lead should be South African but it's internationals p- playing and people say well you know you wouldn't have gotten this chance if the if they didn't have that international um person playing that but if you look at the history of of the Australian film market and the Bollywood film market yes they started off small but they started off within themselves. Mm. And that's why um, I can't. I never remember his name, but he played Wolverine. That's why he's become who he is Jackman. now. Ja- yes, yes. yes. Yeah, Jackman. Jackman. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at Hollywood, actually, the leading men in a lot of shows now are Australian or English. Yeah. They are actually dominating yeah. right now. And I think it is that self belief that they had from the start, yeah. which we don't. We do. We do still look to Hollywood. Mm. 
for acceptance in a lot of ways, yeah. you know. Um, and the fact that when you want, like when I was talking earlier about wanting an international career, that's mm. essentially what it means is doing those movies because you want to be known on an international level. Mm. So, I mean, I get a lot of people say to me, why don't you ever move to Hollywood? And I'm like, I don't need to move to Hollywood. Mm. This is where I live. I don't want to be a waitress. Let's start there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't do it in my twenties. I'm not about to do it now. Yeah. And I don't think I need to, but yet at the same time, even though I may get a part in, um, what might be a big move internationally, the part isn't what I should be getting. Yeah. You know, like I actually recently auditioned for something and the first, for the first time a director said to me, mm. you are too overqualified for this part. I wow. can't in, in good faith offer you this part. Wow. And, um, this was Joe Wright mm. who did, um, Pride and Prejudice, Atonement, yeah. um, so they're busy shooting a series and I auditioned for a much bigger part and I got called for a much smaller part and we had a really great chat mm. and he was like, you've done so much. Like, you can't. I can't. Wow. So I couldn't even be upset for not getting the part. That's mm. the first time someone's ever said like, you know, like you've been in this industry for 15 years. Mm. You've paid your dues. Yeah. You know, that's what it told me. Yeah. You know, that I should raise the bar for myself as well a little higher. Yeah. That if I want to act in these movies, I've got to demand bigger parts. Yeah. But yeah. it would get there. And there are directors who believe that. Um, last year, I did a United Kingdom mm. directed by Amasante. Yeah. My part was not that great. The South African cast was me and Terry Beto mm. and um, Fusikunene, essentially. Yeah. Um, the leads was David Oyelowo mm. and Rosamund Pike. He, right. They were doing the um, Seretse Khama story. Right, right, So right. it's the same thing. You're saying a South African should have played that part. David's mm. a great actor, but from that perspective, but from the worldview, they're like, this is not going to sell unless we have someone we know. Mm. And my part initially wasn't a part. Even. Yeah. She said... You know, it was women ululating. That was it. That's all black women do. In the portrait, there we are. She, as a black woman, was like, no, I'm a Guinean woman. Yes, I live in England, but I know these women had something to say. Yeah. So she gave my character something to say. Yeah. So even though it wasn't the biggest part, I'm the one who looks at this white woman and tells her, no, Chiki, mm. you can't just come here and think you're going to be our queen. This is not how it works. Yeah. You know, and I love that she did that. Yeah. So even though it was maybe that one scene, it was an important scene, you know? Yeah. And I love that I got to tell that part of what we might have been thinking, you know? Mm. So slowly but surely we can get there. But yes, we need the bigger parts. They need to trust mm. that we can do it, that we are talented enough because we are, we have phenomenal mm. actors in this country. You know, and they could, they could, we can tell any story that we yeah. in front of us. Yeah. yeah. Aren't people tired of seeing the world through Hollywood's eyes? Come you know, on. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's, really that's my, my argument <laughs> also, yeah. you know. Uh-uh. Um, I mean, I, I think I, w- I wouldn't be so adamant about it if, if it was a Nigerian playing it. You know what I mean? Because we, we also need to start crossing over our borders. Yes. You know, and, and, and I mean, you, you, you mentioned before about having a one Africa. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and being, being proud of what we have and, and telling those stories. But from, from a producer and from, from a production point of view, um, is, is the, 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 that, 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 um, school of thought still the same? That still, that, that we need to bring in that, that international in order for the film to succeed? Or are producers going out, getting proper budgets, but doing it just the South African route? I, I think it's more the former. Really. Yeah. The, 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 the view that still prevails as mm. much as we would like it to be different is that 
at the end of the day, this thing is about money. Yeah. And I've got to make sure that it yields returns. So I will make whatever decision I need to make in mm. order to yield those returns. Yeah. Now, this is obviously in contradiction to what I was saying earlier. I'm just purely stating the business of it, not yeah. my opinion necessarily. But so at the end of the day, what you then decide is that, okay, what is the best day? Because you, what you're doing is you're going to somebody and you're saying, give me your money. Mm. Trust me with your money and I'll give you back a bit more than what you put in. Yeah, yeah. And the dominant narrative has been that certain things sell. Mm. Don Cheadle this week or yesterday put out, there was a story about him and mm. about how he had to bring in Ewan McGregor mm. as, 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 a, as, a, as a performer in um, his Miles Davis mm. film. And he said himself, he was like, until I got Ewan McGregor, quote unquote, a white guy. Yeah. There was no way that this film was getting made. We all knew for years. Like, mm. gosh, when is he going to make this film already? There's yeah. even the um, uh, Jimi Hendrix film. When are those two coming out? Yeah. But then um, Miles Ahead, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Came out. Now Berlin. Um, and he said it's because only once he got the white guy on there. Yeah. Did suddenly the investors trust? Did mm. they suddenly bring in the money? That's really sad. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. And it's, and it's a true, true reality. You know, but um, we're coming to the end of the show. In terms of young filmmakers out there, and, and um, specifically female filmmakers out there, what 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 words of advice and inspiration can you give them? I would tell them they do not even know how much they have inside them. Yeah, and mm. they need to leap. And I can assure them from this ripe old age that I am now <laughs> that if you leap, the universe will catch you. Mm. It always does if you're doing things for the right reasons. Yeah. And you take that leap, you will always get caught. Yeah. Don't let fear hold you back. Beautiful. I let it hold me back for so long. Mm. Don't let it. Like, be brave, kids. Be brave. Jump out there and follow your dreams. That's yeah. what I'll tell the young female yeah. filmmaker. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I'd follow on on that and say, like, on the other side of fear is the best you. Mm. And honestly, like, have no fear. Can I say Yes. <laughs> Fuck fear. You know? Fuck fear. Yeah. Beautiful. So trust yourself. Yeah. You, you, uh, your story is worth hearing. Yeah. And just go out and do the best that you can to actually mm. get it made. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to end off the show. Thank you so much, ladies. Uh, before we go, is there anything that you're going to be working on that we can look out for you, for Abena, uh, in the future? What, what, what movies new, do we need to look out for? Um, well, um, I mentioned the United Kingdom. That mm. was my um, last acting gig. And Galo Rojo, which is going to be um, debuting in Cannes this year. I play small part. That's in Zamum Kwanesi's movie. Oh, so it's another Zamum film. Another Fantastic. Which he did with a director called Alejandro Fadel. Yeah. So those are my last two acting gigs. Yeah. Um, writing on Umlilo, all Umlilo. Yeah, Umlilo go fans. girl. They go girl. Busy That's shooting what you the hear. third season right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm writing the fourth season and please do watch. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Anything from your side, Mabatu? Besides, um, we're going to be pushing in terms of what the industry <laughs> needs to do and get more money into South Africa. 100% funded. South African films Yeah there's there's that mm. uh, But on my personal side I'm just writing my own film right now I'm finishing off a script Beautiful yeah. Well yeah. when it's ready let me know And let, let's talk about it <laughs> And we're going to play out with another woman Who just broke boundaries um, She was just so way ahead of her time uh, We know the song It's Brenda Fussy Thanks so much for listening Of course if you want to send comments Or things that you don't like Things that you do like I'm on Facebook and Instagram Under Rosie Mutena And of course on Twitter Under Princess RTM It's been real Thank you so much Pan African Connect On cliffcentral.com
Cliffcentral.com.